This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colin Pratt. And I am Sydney Lyerly. And we are still reading through uh, Words of Radiance by Brandon Sanderson. You say that like it's a bad thing. No, I'm actually excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, this week is week number five. What chapters do we read this week, Sydney? This week we read chapters 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, Interludes 5, 6, 7, and 8, and chapter 35. So, so. In, a simpler, in, a, in a simpler way of saying it, Sydney, what do we read? We read chapters 26, 27, 27. No, Sydney! <laughs> we read chapters 26 through 35. Okay, good job, Sydney. And, and make sure you have those read before you continue. But next week, what are you going to read? Next week, we're reading chapters 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, and 43. A more reasonable number of chapters. 36 through 43. That's a more reasonable number of chapters. Yo, Sydney, uh, by the way, I was just this weekend listening to the first episode of this book, yeah. and I said the words, this is the first of many extremely comical situations I'm sure Sydney's going to take advantage of. Uh, and then the joke was that you're just going to list a bunch of chapters in a row. Oh. <laughs> I made I made that that joke that you were going to do that, and you've still oh, absolutely. every week done it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I will continue every week to do that. For the next year, listener, I hope you're excited for this extremely funny joke. Hilarious. It's hilarious. Anyway, uh, I'm going to get us started because I'm, I'm first this week with yeah. chapter 26. Are you ready for it, Sydney? I am ready. Well, good news. The, the, the My book just closed on me. <laughs> so Loser. I'm, I'm not ready anymore. <laughs> I've lied before when I said Hold I was ready in. just now. Give me a second. Hold okay? I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, actually watched it close. It, I, it was a, like a slow motion moment of panic where my leg came up and pushed the other cover. And I watched it close while my hand moved to grab my coffee. <laughs> was, it was like a no. Not the coffee reach. <laughs> yeah, uh, not the coffee reach. Okay. That's hilarious. Are you ready now? For chapter 26? I have never been more ready. The chapter is titled The Feather. How elegant and calm this title seems. That's adorable. Uh, here, <laughs> here is the song bit. It goes like this. They blame our people for the loss of that land. The city that once covered it did arrange the eastern strand. The power made known in the tombs of our clan. Our gods were not who shattered these plains. Spoopy. Spoopy indeed. That is from Spoopy. the listener Song of War's 55th stanza. So who shattered the planes? Um, not their gods. Not their gods, apparently. I think it was probably... Probably like the Heralds. The Heralds shattered... That's a good guess. Or, I love that guess. Yeah, I'd say the Heralds. Good guess. I Maybe like when it. they slammed their shard, bl shard blade down, eventually it made the plane shatter. If that is the... Hmm, okay, that's a, that's a theory. I think that's a pretty <laughs> solid theory, actually. <laughs> I didn't really think about it. I just was kind of saying words, and then eventually they were. I was like, actually, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> I kind of like that. Me. Good job. Good theory. Thank um, you. So this is an Adolin chapter. Here's what he's up to. He is joining a uh, bridge assault that does it like he's not supposed to be on. Uh, him and the the Cobalt Guard, him, Renarin, and the Cobalt Guard yeah. just came to kind of like be aiding. Uh, the two people who were doing the bridge assault. Yep. Because if you remember, Dalinar took control of the war. 
assign people like certain dates to go on bridge runs, assign them to always go in pairs to work as teams, like forcing them to do this. And Adolin is just kind of reinforcing that by showing up to be an extra like shard bearer who gets nothing fr- from helping other than just being helpful. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, he and Ronan show up. He has one of his friends, uh, Jakimov, who is Jakimov, who is the he's not the light eyes or like the the high prince. He's the lead shard bearer for one of the high princes. Yeah. Uh, and he is like at, during the fight and Jakimov is basically saying like, oh, I appreciate you coming to help. Like we really we really uh, needed you. So we appreciate you being here. Um, essentially, Adolin just helps them win. Yeah. In in short. Uh, yeah. I was trying to think of a way to and like. That's basically what happens. They do a battle on a like a three tiered like cake like plateau. Yeah, him and Jakimov do some fun little climbing and jumping and they do some parkour. Yeah, they do <laughs> some parkour. You're right. Yeah, and Renarin is supposed to be down below holding like the bridge because he's like just supposed to be kind of like seeing what a battle was like and not participating in it. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he's not supposed to. But then Adolin sees something fun. What does Adolin see? Adolin sees the shard bear. Yep. The Parshendi Shard Bear. Just and hanging out. We know it's a Shonai. It's Eshenai. Yeah. It's Shonai, Eshenai, whatever. Yeah. Is there. And uh, Adolin basically is like, fight me. And uh, tries to get Eshenai to, to fight him. Fight me. Uh, but eventually, they all, everyone flees except for the Shard Bear. Yeah. And Adolin comes up to him. And the Shard Bear says, you are the son, Adolin Kolin, your father. Where is he? And Adolin's like, oh, wow. He's talking. And then he realizes it's a girl. She takes off her helm, I think, and he realizes it's a girl. Yeah. Um, and uh, she says, I, I must speak to Dalinar. I met him one time, much long ago. <laughs> her English is not amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was better. I must need speak to Dalinar. I must need speak to Dalinar. Um, and uh, he he says, basically, we want to contact you. Adolin is shoving down the thrill. He hates, like, he wants to kill her because the thrill is trying to urge him to kill her. Yeah. So he's shoving it down to be like, okay, send a send a messenger, essentially. Good for him. And they get that kind of thing set up. You know, good for him. He really could have just stabbed her and killed her, and that would have been the end of that. But, yeah. But he didn't, so good for him. Because he knows that would want that. So he's, yeah. he did a good job. Yeah. Then the battle's over, and uh, he goes to try and find Renarin. And Renarin had one of his episodes, they say, where he, uh, like, essentially seizures. Yeah, he, like, froze. He pulled out his shard blade and immediately, like, froze. Yeah. And he's sitting on a rock silent with his shard blade, like, sitting at his feet. Or mm-hmm. is it at his feet or is it dissolved? I don't remember. Anyway. I don't remember. He doesn't have a shard blade in his hand anymore. Uh, and Jakimov, he ta- then Adolin talks to Jakimov a little bit. And first, Jakimov basically says, you will, av- you, what you're doing to try and earn shards, we see what you're doing, and you will eventually lose. And Adolin, Adolin is all cocky. No, I won't. I got this. I'm the best shard bearer in the whole world. You can't beat me, Jakimov. And then later, uh, Adolin says, "You guys, you want to get dinner sometime? Get a drink." And Jakimov's like, "It's bad. It's bad to be seen with you." I okay. I really, really liked Jakimov mm-hmm. as much as you can like this man. Yeah. And then this part came on, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Yeah. Like he seemed like a nice guy. He seemed very appreciative that um, Adolin and Renarin were there to help. And now he's like, "Hey, by the way." Um, we're not friends anymore. Well, he says, he says, uh, it's bad for my image to be seen with you. Okay, that doesn't make it any better. Adolin says, it'll blow over, and Jakimov says, right, let's wait until then, okay? <laughs> That's so crappy. Yeah. And Adolin feels so bad about it. Yeah, it makes him, uh, extremely, 
extremely angry. And he storms over and he finds Renard eventually. And Renard says, uh, I wasn't frozen because of my ailment. I'm just a coward. And he, that's kind of like a weird little note of like, he's like, it wasn't a seizure. I was just terrified. Yeah. And uh, Aelin tries to comfort his brother. And then his brother says some like kind of concerning things. Yeah. He says, um, there's a storm coming in so little time, which is kind of uh, concerning for Renarin. Because now there's 49 days, according to the wall, uh, that's been like every high storm has been a, a markings on the wall to say how many days are left. Yeah. Now it says 49 days, uh, like a stor- a new storm comes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just a quick note, Adolin notices, huh, Renara's not wearing his glasses. That's weird. I know. I saw that. And uh, Sus. Sus. Okay. Renarin has said some really suspicious things. That's the end of the chapter. Well, then tell me a theory. Give me a theory about Renarin. Um, I don't want this theory. I don't want it to be true. But my theory is that maybe there's something more going on with Renarin than he lets on. Like, maybe he's the one scratching the stuff on the walls. Okay. I mean, that would explain how he could get in. Okay, give me a why. I think that maybe he is, for some reason, somehow got involved with, like, the wrong people Mm. or, you know, things like that. Okay. He could also be, like, a... I feel like maybe he's faking his whole ailment thing. Ooh, that's a gush. That's a good guess. Yeah. Okay. That's all. That's all I got. That's I like the guess. Good I theory. hope it's not true because I really like Renard. Hey, theory tracker, mark that crap down. Each of those independently. Um, let, let's see. The markings, the different bad crowd, and what was the last theory you made? That he's faking his... Faking ailments. Mark those ailment. down. Let let her know if she can have her percentage at the end of the book. <laughs> you best do this thing. Okay. That's the end of this chapter. Unless you don't exist. Then you can't do this thing. Hey, listeners, every one of you assume they don't exist and you take up the call. <laughs> starting, starting. We have this. like, we have like 50 people doing it. And yeah. the end, everyone's like, here, here's what I found. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> somebody track, starting today, track how right or wrong Cindy has been. It also would be interesting to see if different people come up with different like numbers, numbers. of how right you are. Uh-huh. You get you get zero points for completely wrong. You get a half point for sort of right and a full point for correct. But like that can kind of vary yeah. like the half right thing. Like yeah. if people are feeling more generous than <laughs> others. <laughs> you that's a good point. It's funny. Okay, moving on. Your chapter. It is indeed my chapter. Um this is chapter 27. Woo. It's called Fabrications to Distract and it was from 5 years ago. We're back with Shalon. She's um, outside in the gardens, and there's, like, a cool breeze, and she's, like, drawing things. People are shouting from the inside, and they're fighting. <laughs> it's just, it's not a good, not a good thing. And there's a feast coming tonight. Yes, there's a feast that's coming up tonight. Um, it's almost time for it, so Shalon packs all of her things up, and she heads back into the house. And she gets inside, and she finds her fourth brother, Von Jishu, who well, is, like— Von Jishu finds Shalon. What is Shalon doing? Shalon is standing staring at the wall. Shalon walks in, has a thought about the day when she uh, red carpet once white. Yeah. And then just blanks out her brain and stares at the wall for several minutes. Yes. And Jushu's like, what are you doing? Yeah, Jushu is staring at her, but he's also like wasted. Yeah. Man is drunk, drunk. Her family has some issues. Just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. So she's got something going on where her brain deletes data. Her other brother likes to kill animals. And Jushu, her fourth brother... uh, is a drunkard. And her other brother has a shard blade from and somewhere. And it's kind of just ran off. We don't know to where or from where. Yeah. 
Um, but Jushu is asking, like, um, why were you staring at the wall? Right. And they're just talking about uh, all the issues in their family and how Jushu is apparently the only one that has any sense left. It says the completely wasted man. I know. Um, not great. Not great. But they start heading off towards uh, Shalon's uh, chambers. And as they go, they walk past her father's chambers. Mm-hmm. And Shalon turns. And she sees a glowing strong box hidden behind a uh, painting. painting on the wall. It's like glowing and she stops bright. and stares at it. And Jushu's like, what in the world are you staring at? And Shalon says, the light. And he goes, what are you talking about? He, says, he can't see it. it. It really did ruin your mind, didn't it? Watching him kill mother, Jushu pulled, her, uh, pulled away from her, cursing softly to himself. I'm the only one in this family who hasn't gone crazy. The only storming one. Says the complete drunkard who sold all of his like his buttons on his shirt yeah. to to gamble more. Yeah. I'm the only one who's still sane, he says. Yeah. But uh Sean's the only one who can see it and she stares at the light and she says, It says, There hid a monster, there hid mother's soul. Which so, is freaking wild. What do you think that is? Explain that. I have, I have no idea. I'm be honest with you, I've got nothing. Fair enough. Like I was reading this and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> is happening right now? She I, has some serious uh, brain problems. Well, it's interesting because everyone clearly thinks that her father killed her mother. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I don't know whether I believe that. What do you think happened? I, I still think that maybe Shalon has something to do with it. Okay. Well, we know she killed her father. Yes. We're not sure who killed That's the true. mother. That's true. I don't really know. Yeah, I um, feel like it could go in lots of different ways. Yeah. You ready for the next chapter? I am ready indeed. Chapter 28. It's, oh, that, yeah, that's the end of the last chapter. 28. It's titled Boots. Here's the song bit. The song bit goes like this. The betrayal of Spren has brought us here. They gave us their surges. Oh, sorry. They gave their surges to human hairs, heirs, but not to those who know the most dear before us. Tis no surprise we turned away unto the gods we spent our days. And to become their molding clay, they changed us. From the listener's song of secrets, 40th stanza. I, it's whatever. I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I got nothing. These little, like, song bits are very strange. Yeah. This in is my a, opinion. This is a Shalon chapter. She's practicing with uh, Tin. And yeah. uh, they're just practicing accents. And Tin kind of just keeps saying that, like, you are you don't know anything. You're too sheltered. You uh, uh, need really, really hard training. And just because I'm so nice and kind, I'll help train you. Yeah. So Tin's just kind of doing that over and over to Shalon, it seems like. And helping her, helping her learn, like, accents and stuff. And uh, then as they're driving, they see some people on horses ahead. And when they pull up, they find that it's Kaladin and his crew perusing, defending the uh, Shattered Plains. And he says that they're only like a few days away from Shattered Plains. On horses, you're like a few hours. Yeah. But on shoals and like a caravan, you're like a couple days and then you'll make it to the Shattered Plains. Yeah. And uh, Tin also, when they walk up, makes Shalon do a, a horn eater accent to practice. Yeah. It essentially goes like, doesn't give Shalon a chance to choose, just starts talking as if Shalon is a horn eater. And Shalon apparently does a pretty good do- job. Yeah, they fall for it. They believe it. And she's, she's, because the red hair helps. Yeah. And she's like, You've offended me. And being, uh, she claims to be offended and basically makes Kaladin give her his shoes. 
That is just such a bizarre like, thing. She, and Callan does because he doesn't want to offend the, the what he thinks is like a princess of the of the Horn Eater Peaks. So he gives her his boots to Shallan. And um, that's kind of the end. Oh, well, Tin also says you can't be kind-hearted. You're training yeah. to be a con man, so you have to be mean. Yeah. And then the chapter ends. Well, Shallan also thinks about the fact that because she finds out that Kaladin's from Dalinar Colon's army. Oh, and she's like, and she's like, oh crap! Tin, you idiot! You made me lie to somebody who I'm gonna have to interact with probably. And Not so that's that Tin would know that. And Tin's just like, Tin's like, who cares? You're calling him anyway. Who cares? It's kind of funny. Yeah. All right, my turn. Your turn. My turn. Okay, chapter twenty nine, which is called Rule of Blood. Rule of Blood. What? What? Uh, Hooked on a feeling I'm high on believing This feels normal That you're in love with me What's up? How dare you? Why you? What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about the freaking song <laughs> rule. I don't know why that comes from that. I'm just gonna keep interrupting you with music, though. Uh, please don't. Oh, sorry. Let me read the song bit, please. <laughs> oh, I'm doing the song bit. That's that's what the song bit says. No, I'm hooked on a feeling high on believing. No, it does not. <laughs> just, I actually just looked down like, does it really? <laughs> I was like, oh wait, what? Imagine if Brandon Sanderson just nabbed "Hooked on a Feeling" as one of the song bits. I don't know why that maybe like it at all. It does not. It does not. And I'll read it to you so that you know. (laughs) (laughs) It says, Art form for colors beyond our ken, for its grand songs we yearn. We must attract creation spren. These songs suffice till we learn. From the listener song of revision, 279th stanza. So these songs also, like that one, we learn later in the the interludes how they change forms is attracting a spren during a high storm. Yes. Or now they've learned how to trap spren in in spheres like the humans kind of have. Yeah. And the idea is travel for spread beforehand, get to the high storm, smash the spread, and get the spread into you. Yeah. And so this one's saying attract a creation spread, and you can become art form. Yep. So that for the listeners, the issue now is figuring out how to attract creation spread because without being art form already, creation spread don't come unless you're good at art. Yeah. And so like how to become one before you knew spheres would have just been somehow go against all of your nature. And get into the mind of creation during a freaking high storm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's, I don't know, that's something neat to me. It is interesting. Um, so this uh, chapter comes from everybody's least favorite person. Uh, we're with Sadius. Which sucks. I don't want to be <laughs> from Sadius's perspective. I actually kind of like this chapter. It's a cool chapter, but I, I hate Sadie. I think it's interesting to see what the villain is doing, just like from his perspective, why I he do he's agree. Right. It's That's definitely neat. it is interesting. That's something you see a lot. Yeah. But um he is uh in the thrill of battle, he's fighting the Parshendi. Amaram is there. This is just the worst. All the terrible characters are around right now. Um Amaram is there and uh they've just won this uh battle and they've gotten the uh gem heart out of the the Chrysalis. Yes, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, I was like, what's it called? Wait, before you move on too far, can I read one thing he thinks? Yeah. Others said Parshendi warriors on the field never surrendered, but he'd see them try it once, long ago, in the first year of the war. They laid down their weapons. He'd slaughtered them all personally with shard hammer and plate, beneath the eyes of their retreating companions, watching from a nearby plateau. 
Never again had any Parshendi def- denied him or his my- men the right to finish a battle the proper way. That's terrible. So the reason the That's Parshendi awful. never surrender now is because of Sadius. The reason there's so much bloodshed is because at the beginning of the war they tried and Sadius just went ahead and killed the surrender people anyway because he felt like it was what he earned. It's terrible. Sadius, you suck. He all, like, And they never ever tried again. No one else knows this happened. The and because he ruined it for everyone. Yeah, that's crazy to me. The worst person ever. Yeah. I hate him. This this war is continued because of him almost exclusively. Like yeah. the, the war could have been over so many times that he personally did his best to end it to yep. get, make it continue. I mean, yeah. Anyways, he's talking to Amaram, and Amaram's like, you know, you failed. The other people who are supposed to be coming to this are here now. And they've spotted you, and you can't like deny that you were that you came here and stole their gem heart. And Sidious is like, "Do you realize I did this on purpose? I don't care. I I want them to know that I can do whatever the heck I want to do, and that Dalinar can't like control me." Mm-hmm. Is basically what he tells them. And Amaram is not a fan of this. Amaram's like, "You and Dalinar should be friends again." And yeah. Sidious is like, "No, no, 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 it's not happening." And um, so the people that uh, D- are Sadius stole the gem heart from show up. They finally get to the plateau, and they're like, what have you done? And Sadius is like, I was bored. Here's your gem heart, by the way, and throws him the, the gem heart and then leaves. Also, here's a line. Uh, Amaram, when he's saying, like, I want, we need to be ready for what's coming, he says. Amaram says, Alethgar needs to be strong for what is coming. And Sadius says, Alethgar does need to be strong. So I'll make it so by force of fist and rule of blood. So not, not by great. democracy or anything decent. No. I'm going to make it strong by making everyone else's knees break. If the, if they don't kneel, I'll break their knees so they can't stand. That's Pretty his terrible. kind of way of going. And actually, not even that anymore. If they don't kneel, I'll cut through their waist with a shard blade so they can't stand. Yeah. that the, That's that's ridiculous. Not great. Sadius sucks nuts. Sadius is the worst. Sadius sucks nuts. Yeah. Walnuts, specifically. <laughs> oh? Yeah, walnuts. <laughs> Why walnuts? Because they're, I, I, I was concerned the listener might think I was talking about human nuts, and that's gross. <laughs> you dirty-minded listener. He sucks walnuts. <laughs> what about peanuts? Those are legumes. Excuse me, what? Peanuts are a type of legume, not a type of nut. I've never heard that ever in yeah, my life. So are, didn't like, even know that was a word. Are you sure you didn't just make that up? No, so are edamame. Anything, uh-huh. like, and so are peas. Peas are legumes. Uh... If they come in a shell and you eat the inside of the shell, they're a legume. I think you're making this I'm up. I'm absolutely not I making this up. you're gaslighted. I'm going to send you a Wikipedia. You keep going. <laughs> I'm pulling up the Wikipedia for legumes. Okay, okay. So now we've skipped ahead a few hours later, and Sadius is with... Are you good? <laughs> I, I think it's so funny. <laughs> and Sadius is with his wife. They're watching um, the... Or they're watching Adolin fight. And Sadius actually thinks about the fact that he wishes he could be like Dalinar and wear Dalinar's military outfit because he hates the fashionable stuff, yep. but he doesn't want to look like Dalinar, so he doesn't. Any connection to Dalinar is bad for him right now, so he's avoiding it with yeah. all costs. It's just funny to me. But- I agree. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess. Um, but the duel, the duel starts and uh, Adolin is fighting and Sadius is like, this is really bad. Like, mm-hmm. Adolin's not a good fighter. I don't know who, like, who he thinks he is, but he's he's not a good fighter. He's stumbling around, bumbling, barely Yeah, it's it. really bad. And then he realizes, oh, crap. Adolin's faking it. He's pretending to be really, really bad. 
but he's actually very, very good. And to pretend and look that bad on purpose shows how good he actually is. Yeah. Um. So yay, Sadius recognizes that. Woohoo! Uh, but he talks with his wife, um, Yali. Yale. Yali. Yali. <laughs> but he talks with his wife about uh about Adolin doing this clever thing, and um she basically is trying to like she is very sneaky. His wife is a very sneaky lady. That's why he and, loves her. Remember he said that mm-hmm. she he loves her because she's so powerful, yep. the most powerful spy network in all the kingdom. Yep. And so Adolin wins. He the duel finishes. He wins the shard, and his uh, Sadius' wife is like, "Oh, great!" And Sadius is like, "Actually, you know what? This is okay. You know what we're gonna do here? Stop." He tells his wife to stop discouraging people from fighting Adolin. Don't encourage them to fight, but just like let it go on its own, and we're gonna see where this goes because Sadius thinks that. Um, Adolin's eventually going to just get very, very angry because a lot of times, like, duelists are very, like, hot-headed. And so Sadius thinks that Adolin's going to do something to mess uh, mess this whole thing up because yeah. he's going to get angry or yeah. frustrated or whatever. And so uh, that's kind of Sadius's plan, and that's kind of where it ends. He also tells her to tell Ruthar's wife that he can ride with me next time I decide to strike out on my own for a gem heart. Right. He's basically trying to recruit the other high princes to join him. He's also... It would seem. They were trying to set up a way to make, like, a big fuss about the fact that uh, he is the high prince of information. And yeah. if, if Dalinar's in taking advantage of high prince of war and you're trying to stop me from taking advantage of my high prince position, like, he's trying to make a fuss about that, basically saying, um, like, as soon as the attempt of uh, happened... I should have been alerted because I'm the high prince of information. Yeah. So as soon as the attempt on the king's life happened, it should have been called to me. And so I'm not going to make a fuss about it. I'm going to wait till right before he comes to me feeling bad to ask me to help. Yeah. And then I'm going to withdraw. Like, then I'm going to say, I don't want to be high prince of information anymore. Yep. To make basically him stumbling and bumbling looking like an idiot. Yep. And as he walks out, he looks at Dalinar and he says, how would, it, how would this be if the man weren't trapped in the past, if he'd be willing to see the real world rather than imagining it? And then Sadius thinks, you'd probably end up killing him then, too. Sadius submitted to himself. I hate Sadius. Don't try to pretend otherwise. Best to be honest, at the very least, with oneself. So Sadius acknowledges, I don't actually care what Dalinar's doing. I just want to do this. What I'm doing is out of what I want to do, nothing else. Sadius is actually just the worst person ever. He's a big crybaby. He's a big crybaby jerk boy. I hate him. I also hate him. And this, okay, when... I found out that we were going to have chapters from Sadius's perspective. I was yeah. like, okay, maybe he'll be better than we think. Yeah. But honestly, they've just made me hate him more because now I hear his thoughts and I'm thinking, okay, before I was like, well, maybe he, there's reasons he's doing this stuff. No, the reasons is because he's just a selfish garbage person. He's also like really conniving. He's yes. actually pretty decent at being a little sneak. <laughs> he's actually like, he's pretty good at it. For, for I mean, to be honest, he's good at what he's doing. He's he being is. a little butthole sneak. But he's such a butthole. We're almost to the cool chapter, Sydney. Are you excited? This is Sadius Hate over here. We're a Sadius Hate podcast. We're the Sadius Hate group. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Sadius Hate group. This is the internet's hate group, and just by listening, you're a member. For Sadius only. Yeah. We, we don't hate any other people. Uh, we don't hate anything else. Clarify that. We hate Sadius the fictional man. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And each other. Um... So You're this, right. This is chapter 30. It's called Nature Blushing, which is such a poetic term. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Here's, oh, you didn't talk about the little drawing on the last yeah, page. Yeah, there's, there's a drawing next to the chapter start. It's like a bunch of plants. 
and Gaz standing nearby, and one, a little Gaz in the corner. Oh, I actually didn't even notice that until yes, right now. A little Gaz over there. <laughs> He's so like squat. <laughs> He's I a squat him. little man. That's hilarious. I love him. Um, nature blushing. Here's the song bit. Tis said it was warm in the land far away when Vorbingers entered our songs. We brought them home to stay, and then those homes became their own. It happened gradually, and years ahead will still be said, tis how it has to be. Why did you say gradually like that? Because I wanted to rhyme with stay in a way. Oh, I was like, why did you say gradually? <laughs> and I said, That's it, not how you say that. I was like following like a rhyme scheme, so I wanted to, to rhyme as well. Makes sense. From the listener's Song of Histories, 12th stanza. Now they're just jumping all over every st- song. They're no longer following one song anymore. Oh, no. At the beginning, they were just following the song and listing, and now they're just kind of jumping from song to song, whatever they Brandon feel like. Sanderson was like, hey, let me create this other song that you're not going to hear anything else from except for the 279th stanza. <laughs> Knowing him, he might have written all the songs and just selected one stanza. That would be so much effort. He wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have done that. That uh, would have been crazy. Shalon is riding on the ba- on the top of one of the wagons. She sees a flash of color in the distance because there's a little area of flora that's not like like the other flora. It's like red leaves and stuff. Yeah. And she makes everyone pull over to go look at it. Um, she goes looks. It's like some red plants. There's a little lake with like some fish or eels actually inside. Um, and she starts sketching it because she thinks it's really cool. Yeah. And then Gaz walks over and essentially says like. Will you will you uh, uh, sketch me like you've done the others? Like, will you make me look like a hero? Why did you say it like that? Because he seems very like awkward to me, and so I want it to sound awkward. Will you sketch me? Will you sketch me, please, Mama? Will you sketch me, please? Me next. I had the worst thought of Gads being like, "Draw me like one of your French ladies." <laughs> <laughs> Draw me like a French man. Um. So Shalon says, "Of course," and then draws him, but she changes some key things to make him like a hero. If yeah. that makes sense? Yeah. Um, and then uh, Tin, after she does that, Tin walks over and basically says, like, hey, you should have been doing forgeries, not drawings. Like, you're a good artist. You should be doing forgeries rather than, like, we're in the business of bad things. You should be practicing doing bad things, essentially. Yeah. Tin is kind of a butthole. Like, kind of nice that she sort of took her under the wing kind of look. Yeah. But she's she's really encouraging Shalon just to be a bad person. Really quick. Yeah. This is totally off topic from what we're talking about. Yeah. But I was flipping through this this chapter and I see a sentence from Gaz that says, Do you need me to pose or something? And I love that. And I just wanted to point that out. I like I actually like Gaz now. Me too. And I don't know how I feel about that. You don't know how you I mean, you don't know how you feel about feeling good about Gaz? I mean, yeah. We hated him so much last book, and now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Gaz. Gaz. Like if he was just a new character that we had met, I'd be like, you know. I don't rank this dude super duper high, but I do like him. Yeah. we He managed to sneak onto our top five last week just because of his redemption arc. Uh-huh. It's so good that we had to get him up there. This, um, that'll probably be his only time up there. <laughs> and then uh, Tin says, you're going to do things that you've never done before that, that'll that break you. And Shalon says, how do you know I haven't done bad things before? And she says, you're not broken. And immediately I'm like, Tin, you little butthole. Have you, you've not heard her backstory. She is busted. Didn't you know nothing? She this lady just watched her her uh, mentor get murdered. She can't. She can't think of certain parts for life, or her brain erases itself. Yeah, she she is busted pretty badly. <laughs> I would say so. Um, and uh, then Tin gives her some advice on how to get 
uh, Adolin to like him, yeah. like her, be unobtainable, uh, unobtainable, that kind of a thing. Um, and that makes her a little excited. Like going to see Adolin and being like start that work makes her kind of excited. I don't think Tin is the right person to give relationship advice. Yeah, Tin's kind of a butthole. I don't want to <laughs> listen to Tin. <laughs> I'm, I was sitting here and I was like, oh, please don't listen to Tin. Please listen. don't listen to Tin. Please just be yourself, Shalon. Adolin will love you if you just be yourself. I promise. Be yourself and Adolin will like you. That's the advice for listeners. I got a theory. Send it. Shoot it. <laughs> I think that Shalon is going to try to meet someone she's not when she meets Adolin. Yep. And Adolin's going to be like, ugh. And <laughs> then when Shalon finally puts her guard down, Adolin's going to fall in love. Ooh, That's my theory. That's a good theory. Because he's going to like her for her. I have a theory. Because she's different from all the other uh, brightness women. Bright eyes. Light eyes. I know. I was just trying to think of a different term for it. Um, Listener, mark that theory down. I have a theory. You can't have a theory. Yeah, imagine if I, I was just going <laughs> to... Excuse I, me. I almost was in the mood to just say the rest of the book's plot. I would start, actually be so mad at you. Just start listing what happens next. <laughs> one would, after the other. I would. I think I would walk out and be like, cool, we're done. <laughs> this podcast ends now. Bye. Bye. Our friendship has ended. <laughs> All right. That's the end of 30. Yeah. Now tell me 31. Okay, I'll tell you 31. It's called The Stillness Before. And the little... Stop interrupting me! <laughs> the little song... I'm sorry. At the beginning, it says, Smoke I'm sorry warm for, for hiding you, and slipping tween men. Tween men? <laughs> Why did you think that was so funny? I just busted my mic because you got so confused by tween men. Smoke for a sleeping between men. No, I wasn't being confused. I just thought tween men was funny. Yeah, no, it made me laugh. You went, look for for sleeping tween men. Tween men. Like <laughs> you sounded kind of kind of like in in uh interested in the tween men. No. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. It is pretty funny. Go on. Okay, anyways. A form of power like surges of spren. Do we dare to wear this form again? It spies. It spies. Crafted of gods, this form we fear. By unmade touch, it's cursed to bear. Born from shadow, and death is near. It lies. So it spies and it lies. Ooh. And that's from the listener song of secrets, 51st stanza. And it's from the surges of, it's like surges of spread, a form of power, like surges of spread. We don't know what that means, but it's something. Yeah. So uh, we're with Kaladin now, and he has just led up his men to bridge four, and the other men that are there are like cheering for him and really, really excited, and just... They're very happy, which Kaladin requested this because he wants the new people to feel welcome. Because he's leading the like, group of like 20 that he trained to be leaders. Yes. The nude leaders. Yep. And as they're, as they're there, a dude named Pitt comes up to him and is like, I'm from Bridge 17. And starts like talking to Kaladin about how Kaladin's kind of like saved him. And this whole situation has saved him from this awful fate that he thought he had and has given him a second chance. And so that's given a lot of Kaladin... Or that's given Kaladin a lot of good job, Teft, and like a lot of hope for the future because the men, way quicker than Kaladin thought, are starting to come out of their shells and are starting to, you know, feel comfortable around Kaladin and the others and are starting to be happy again and have a life again. And so Kaladin is is standing there and he's like, he notices that things feel very kind of off at the moment. Like, things don't feel right. There's a high storm coming, and he thinks, that must be why. But things just feel wrong. And then the perspective switches. And we're back with Shalon. 
And Shalon and Tin are working on like, you know, whatever they're working on. Shalon says a curse word and, <laughs> or Tin's like, that's not a curse word. And Shalon's like, yeah, yeah, it is. And um, they just talk about their accent or Shalon and her accents and what she's supposed to be working on. Uh, Tin is like trying to provoke her and is telling her that Shalon is going to have to go without her safe hand covered at some points. And Shalon's like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. no! And Tin's like, too bad. You're going to have to. Like, this don't, is part of the job description. And and she also says, like, some women don't hide their chat. Like, women, like, essentially, Shalon's argument is, like, it's improper. And she says, well, I mean, it's just a hand. And the girl says, uh, Shalon says, some women have chests not much more than men, and they still don't show them. And Tin goes, actually, in some places, they do go topless because it's hot. Like, yeah. And pe- the people don't care because all of embarrassment is culturally uh, culturally created. There's no such thing as embarrassment in, in like, if we lived in the woods, embarrassment wouldn't exist if yeah. we were born and raised in the woods by ourselves. But because culture tells us what to be embarrassed about, cult- embarrassment is culturally created. Yeah. Um, I think that's neat. It's interesting. It's funny that humans make things to be worried about. Yeah, you we're pretty, right. We're pretty good at that. Yeah, you right. <laughs> but um, anyways, they decide to stop for the night. And uh, while they're waiting to make sure that Makeup, who's the caravan owner, is okay with them stopping for the night... Uh, Tin's like, oh, by the way, your king is dead. Yeah. And Shalon's like, hold on, whoa, 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 what? And apparently six others are dead. Yep. Six other high princes of Yaakoved are dead. And they know it was from the uh, the assassin in white. And Tin's like, he's back. And Shalon's like, oh, goodness, which ones are dead? She's really worried about her, her brothers and her family because she doesn't know what's happened to them because... They don't know, uh, Tin doesn't know if Valam, who is her own, who is Shalon's high prince, whether he's alive or not. Yeah. And Shalon's like, I don't know whether it's be a good thing for like a war in Yankoved or a bad thing for my family. Because it could be a good thing because maybe it would keep everyone who's after her family focused on something else. Yeah. But also it may cause those same people to want their debts paid back more. Faster, sooner. Yeah, sooner. Bigger, better, faster, stronger. Yes. And Shalon's like, do you think you could get me information about this? And Tin's like, yeah, sure. You know, you can come by for when I get my next report from her people who have span reads. And they decide to camp. And that's really the end of the, the chapter. That's a short one. It's now we're on to the best chapter happens. of this reading time. It's the most exciting chapter to me. It's called The One Who Hates. Here's the song bit. The spren betrayed us. It's often felt. Our minds are too close to their realm. That gives us for- That gives us our forms. But more is then demanded by the smartest spren. That's a good line. That's a good rhyme. Good job. This is an interesting rhyme. We can provide what the humans lend, though broth are we, their meat is men. From the listener song of spren, ninth stanza. Neat. I think Brandon Sanderson at this point is just making up song titles. I mean, he has to, right? Listener song of hey, spread. Hey, hey, Sydney. Yeah. Every word in this book he had to make up. So, yeah, he is making up those song titles for sure. Okay, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, Kaladin chapter. He's asleep, but he's riding the storm like he did before. Like, he, it's a, he's, a high storm is happening. He's riding the storm like he did in a previous thing. And I want to read, do a dramatic reading of what he sees. Okay. An awareness came to Kaladin, like water seeping under a door. Yes, he dreamed this dream before. With effort, he turned around. A face as large as eternity stretched behind him. The force behind the tempest. The Stormfather himself. Son of honor, 
lifted a voice like roaring wind. This is real! Paladin yelled into the storm. He was wind itself. Spren, he found voice somehow. You are real! She trusts you. So? Paladin asked. Yes, she does. She should not. Are you the one who forbade her to come to me? Are you the one who keeps the Spren back? You will kill her. The voice, so deep, so powerful, sounded regretful, mournful. You will murder my child and leave her corpse to wicked men. I will not, Kaladin shouted. You begin it already. The storm continued. Kaladin saw the world from above. Ships in sheltered harbors rocking on violet swells. Armies huddled in valleys, preparing for war in a place of many hills and mountains. A vast lake going dry ahead of his arrival, the water retreating into holes in the rock beneath. How can I prevent it? Kaladin demanded. How can I protect her? You are human. You will be a traitor. No, I won't. You will change. Men change. All men. The continent was so vast. So many people speaking languages he could not comprehend. Everyone hiding in their rooms, their caverns, their valleys. Ah, the Stormfather said. So it will end. What? Kaladin shouted into the winds. What changed? I feel... He comes for you, little traitor. I am sorry. Something rose before Kaladin. A second storm. One of red lightning. So enormous as to make the continent. The world itself. Nothing by comparison. Everything fell into its shadow. I am sorry, the Stormfather said. He comes. Dun, dun, dun! What an ominous little thing. The A god... Well, it's a spren, I guess, but a god's spren looking thing. Uh, just is like, you will betray her. You'll kill her. And he comes. I'm sorry. What the heck? Also, I don't think Kaladin is going to kill Syl. I don't think it'll happen. Kill Bill, maybe. I would be so devastated if something happened to Syl. Like, yeah. genuinely. Um, so Kaladin wakes up and he's in a panic now because he's like, something's happening. Because the spren in his uh, dream said it and Syl's acting all weird. And so he's like, something is happening. And he starts to panic and basically just says, uh, everyone get out, get out. And Adolin's like, are you mad? Because Kaladin ran to the window and like looked outside and stuff. He is panicking, right? And then yeah. very suddenly it switches to Shallan and just says, Pattern hums softly as Ram fell in the wa- uh, wagon. And Pattern is panicking. Pattern's like going crazy, going, bad, bad, so bad. Yeah. And then it comes back to uh, to Kaladin. Seal's going crazy. And he's like, leave, leave, leave. And he like shoves open the door to where Dalinar is, even though he's not supposed to. And like is forcing everybody to leave. Dalinar just finished up his vision, essentially. Yeah. And he's kicking everybody out. And they're all like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Have you gone mad? And um, it would seem that way. Yeah. And they they, he gets them out because Dalinar is like, you're in charge of the guard. So we listen to what you say to keep us safe. Yeah. And that he says that with an air of you better be right, my man. And he, they walked in the hallways and suddenly all the lights are gone. And Aiden's like, wait, why is it so dark? And a man uh, emerges from the darkness, a shin man wearing white. Ah. And Dalinar sends Navani and Renarin back to the rooms and the king. Yeah. And he goes, he looks at Kaladin and goes, trident pattern. And they all know what that means. And so they rushed, they rush Zeth in a trident pattern. They're fighting. Zeth cuts through their spears, no problem. He touches Adolin and sends him up to the ceiling. And Adolin's like, what the heck? Adolin is on the ceiling, really confused. It's a fair 
reaction. If you just got shoved to the ceiling, yeah. that's 100% a fair reaction to have. He obliterates Cal, uh, uh, Dalinar's nose and cuts a giant slash along, along its cheek and kicks him to the wall. And Kaladin is basically saying, you won't, you, I, I won't fail my job. And Kaladin dives him alone and they're fighting. And Kaladin, out of instinct, moves to block the sword. And the block would have been perfect if he was fighting a regular man with a regular sword. Yeah. But the sharp blade cut right through the spear and right through Kaladin's hand. And he loses all feeling from his elbow up. It's just a floppy arm now. And then he panics and Zeth kicks him into the wall and he kind of goes all dizzy. And Zeth walks forward to Dalinar and uh, Dalinar says, uh, you killed my brother. I won't let you take the last thing I have of him. And Zeth says, I'm not here for, uh, I'm not here for your, uh, for the king. I'm here for you. And he swings his head, his sword down in an overhand swing towards Dalinar's face. And Dalinar freaking catches it with a clap on the sides of the blade. So not the sharp bit. He uses his palms and holds the blade above his face. What a beautiful mi- image. That image would be so Imagine cool in a movie. Imagine that in a movie uh-huh. where the reveal of I'm here for you and then the swing and just with a lightning flash too because there's a hole in the wall. So with yeah. a lightning flash, the catch on time, like kneeling, catching the sword <laughs> in red. And then Kaladin gets his wits about him after seeing that and rushes Zeth and wants to Real tackle quick. him. Yeah. Um, while Kaladin's kind of out, he's like, I he tells Syl, he goes, I can't beat him, I can't do it. He's one of us, I can't do it. Yeah. And Syl's like, Syl says, no, no, he's something far more terrible. No spren guides him, Kaladin. Please, get up. So, we learn that, um, yeah. Seth is something else. He's not a Radiant, or what could have been a Radiant. At least I, it seems. That's true. That's a good point. Thank you for pointing that out. I also love the simplicity of the way that Brandon Sanderson writes this stuff. The sentences. It just says, the assassin swung his terrible blade down in one final overhead sweep. Dalinar did not dodge. New line. Instead, he caught the blade. That is such a, like, the way that it's described, for me, is like a goosebump. It's like, oh, oh, he yeah. caught it. And also, like, the image of, because Sydney was confused a little bit because she thought anything that touches the blade dies. Yeah. It needs to be cut. So it's like catching the, the, the flat sides of a sharp blade, yeah. which is such a neat idea. Of oh, like, for sure. bam, caught it above his face. And so Kaladin's like, I got to get him away. So Kaladin goes and dive tackles the guy. And instead of hitting a wall like Kaladin expected, he uh, goes through the gap the part that uh, Zeth had cut to get in and yep. falls into open air. And yep. now they're tumbling. They're tumbling. And that's tumbling, the end tumbling. of my chapter. By the way, chapters like that, that are epic things happen. I like telling in a story style more than following the exact book. Yeah. So that's why I do them differently. It's because those ones are so fun to tell like a story. Yeah. And so I, I told it like a story. Yeah, that's fun. Good job. Thank you. All right. Chapter 33. It's called Woo-hoo-hoo! Burdens. And Burdens. The- Imagine if he made us wait but see more of what happened. Dude, that would suck. But no, it's immediately. Okay. Uh, The song bit says, but it is not impossible to blend. There surges to ours in the end. It has been promised and it can come. Or do we understand the sum? We question not if they can have us then, but if we dare to have them again. And this is from the listener song of Spren, 10th stanza. 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 Walking down the street, 10th stanza. Stanza. <laughs> it's so good to read, 10th stanza. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, and so it starts with Kaladin falling through the rain. He's like hanging on to Zeth as, as best as he can. Zeth is starting to glow again. 
And Kaladin's like, no, 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 no. This is my time. And so Kaladin breathes in the light from um, from uh, Zeth's spheres. And then they hit the ground <laughs> real hard. But because uh, Kaladin and Zeth both have Stormlight in them, they're both okay. And well, they survive this fall. One is more okay than the other. Zeth lands on his feet. Well, yes. Kaladin smashes into the ground. <laughs> but he's alive. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. And uh, Kaladin goes to stand up. And Zeth is like, oh, excuse me? How are you alive? He goes, wait, did I lash you? I thought I sent you down into the ground, but I must have sent you up. Yeah, and he's like, why did you not die falling? This is impossible. And Kaladin stands, and Kaladin, all of a sudden, he feels like, he he feels like his hand, his hand that's been destroyed, he, like, thinks, you know, I wonder. And then all of a sudden, using the stormlight, brings his hand that's been cut with a back to life. He pushes his soul back into the form. That's wild to what, me. Also, what a what an image. Like, the I hmm. almost would have been cooler if he didn't. For the story, having that constraint of now this very powerful man is handicapped could have been cool. But I also yeah, like but this also, establishes Stormlight yeah. can beat the Sharblade cuts, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool as well. And also, I okay, when Kaladin lost his hand, I remember thinking I was like, how in the world is Kaladin about to survive without one hand? And I did have the thought of, I wonder if Stormlight can heal that. And so I'm glad that, yeah, I'm glad <laughs> that it can. But this happens and uh, Zeth is like, what? Mm-hmm. He's, he literally isn't like, no, 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 no. This is not possible. Zeth thought he was the only one who could do this. And, and now he has learned that he is not the only one. Mm-hmm. And... He asks Zeth, or not, sorry, Zeth asks Kaladin, what are you? And Kaladin's response is, same thing you are, Windrunner. And Zeth's like, no, there's there's no way. And then he says, they told me I was a liar. They told me I was wrong. Zeth's son, son, Volano, truthless. They named me truthless. And then he says, are they back? Are they all back? And Kaladin says, yes, because that feels like the best answer to keep himself alive. He and doesn't know Zeth what that means, though. just starts dead sprinting away. He just, he's out of here. And I, okay, yes, Zeth to try to kill one of my favorite characters, but I kind of feel bad for him because clearly he thought that he was stuck in a situation where he had to, like... He had been named truthless for believing... So what it seems to be implying is he said that something like Kaladin was coming back. His people said, you're truthless, and made him a slave. And now he's discovered that he may have been right. Yeah. And so he's doing all these horrible things that he doesn't want to do. And he doesn't have to actually do them. Turns out he, if he was not truthless, he didn't have to have killed people. But it's weird, though, because if he doesn't have a spren, like Syl says he doesn't have a spren, that he's something different and something worse. My thoughts, okay, here's my theory about Zeth and what Zeth is. Because clearly Zeth is a little bit different. Yeah. Unless he has a spren that we don't know about, which is, Syl says Syl just says he doesn't, so we yeah, can, let's I'm, go by the assumption yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, the assumption that he doesn't. I think that he, okay, my thoughts are that maybe... Um, the, so the Radiants work for the Almighty, right? Right. In the, in the Heralds. Right. And we know that there's a dude named, or someone, something named Odim, right? Who like fought and killed the Almighty. Odium. Odium. I was like, Odium? Sorry. Odium. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Odium. I think that Odium created Zeth. Oh, okay. And that's why Syl thinks that he's worse. Okay. That's my theory. Good theory. That's all. <laughs> hey, mark that sucker down, audience. Theory audience, mark it down. Yes, please do. I know most of you have already read this book, so you guys can mark it correct or incorrect almost immediately. 
unless you're theorizing about the fifth book, you could things that you know are right or wrong, you can just mark them. You know what's cool? We're gonna get to a point when we get to the fourth book, we're gonna get to, I gonna get to theorize and you're not gonna know the answers. I'll also get to theorize. And I'm pumped actually. That'll be so fun. It's so this also, I was just thinking about this while I was driving. I listened to this audiobook while I was driving this week. And while I was driving, I was thinking about the fact that there's a lot of details that I know that I don't remember learning from the book that I just pieced together. And I was like, that makes me feel smart. And then I thought, that's good writing, though. Being able yeah. to write in a way that people can piece together the puzzle you're creating yeah. in a way that makes them feel smart, but also in a way that's not so complex that people couldn't keep track mm -hmm. of what's happening. That's And there's... Of course, still 30 puzzles he's set up that don't have a piece that's really frustrating. Yeah. But the puzzles that I did piece that I'm like, huh, yeah, Colton, good job, yeah. man. And yeah. I'm really excited for when book five rolls around and neither of us know what's happening until we read it. Yeah. And we're going to be at that point where it'll be cool to see if we can both get theories right. Yeah. Or if we're both wrong on theories or if one of us is right. It'll just be really cool to see, I think. It'll be very exciting. And you guys can theorize along with us, too. Which will be cool. Yeah. More more so than normal, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I, have, I have a wonder if our audience who has already read this book will be able to keep slow down and keep up with us instead of flying through the whole thing. Yeah. That, that's my worry is that somebody's going to be like, I finished it. Here's my theory. You know? <laughs> well, anyways, uh, <laughs> moving on. Calvin uh, passes out <laughs> on the ground after <laughs> Seth leaves. Yeah, man. And he wakes up and still's like, hey, no sleeping on the job. And uh, Calden's like, in shock because, you know, he just healed from a sharp blade wound and he gets up and he heads uh, back towards the, the the palace and he gets in and one of the bridge four members, Mart, is like, you, who are you? And Cowden doesn't say anything but walks out and it's um, me. everyone it. everyone's like, how in the world are you alive? Like, Adolin asks it, asks it, Dalinar asks it, and Cowden thinks, he thinks, I'm a surge binder, I use Stormlight, but doesn't say it because he refuses to say it in front of Elikar and Adolin. Yeah. I really kind of wish that he had just sucked in. Like, as I was reading, I was like, Cowden, do it. Just suck in Stormlight and show them what you are. Do it. But I also think they did just watch some dude do this who tried to kill them. So I don't think that would have ended very well. My fear is the association is with the Betrayers yeah. and Zeth, Sun, Sun, Valana, Truthless of Shinovar. Yep. So if Kaladin is like, and me, they're going to be like, okay, so all we know about people like you are they betrayed us. They killed the king. They're killing other kings. They try to kill me. Yep. I, that's fair. Yeah. I Yeah. And um, Kaladin just comes up with, well, um, I I don't know. I had a good grip on him. I don't know how I didn't die. We I have no answer. And I was alive. Yeah. That's all I got. I got nothing. And uh, he tells them that he ran off and they're like, well, he's going to come back. But at least now we are prepared and yeah. we know. Like his uh, like surprise effect is gone. Mm -hmm. We we now know that he'll, he will be back. And yeah. Uh, um, Dalinar is just like, I don't know, like, Cal like they're very unsure what to do now because this just happened and they just, it's, yeah, it's a lot. You know, I get it. And they're, they're standing there and they're thinking, well, suddenly, sorry, suddenly we switched to Adolin's perspective. My bad. Yep. That. You're good. We switched to Adolin's perspective and Adolin is like looking at Kaladin and like, hmm, Adolin Oh, I forgot to mention earlier that Kaladin ripped off the part where his, like, arm had been cut off, so you couldn't tell it was a sharp blade, blade cut. cut. Yeah. But Adolin, even though he was stuck to the ceiling, mm -hmm. watched Kaladin get cut with a shard blade. Mm -hmm. Or he was pretty sure he thought he thought he saw that. And so Ka Adolin is like, how is that possible? 
And so he's being very suspicious of Kaladin right now, but he's like, there's nothing else I can do. Like, I need to trust him. This man did just fight to save my life. Yeah. So I should trust him at least a little bit. And he respects him for that, at and least then a little bit. Which Navani cool. opens the door to their chamber. And there are lines on the walls that say, 38 days, the end of all nations. So that's fun. Also, real quick, I've noticed that for whatever reason, Renarin always reads the glyphs. Hmm. At least that's something I've noticed. Maybe I maybe that's not actually true, but it's what you noticed. I, it's something I thought about when I was reading. I was like, hmm. It feels like you have lots of sus on Renarin right now. I do. Which is bum, 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 bum. Okay. Anyways, we're back with Kaladin. Kaladin is moving through the palace hallways. He comes across Beld, who's uh, one of the Bridge Four members who died, and Kaladin's like, "Oh my gosh, I failed them. I failed them." And Sil's like, "No, no, 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 no." He died protecting. This is okay. Like, he yeah. died for a good reason, at least. He died doing what he swore he would do. Yeah. And he thinks about, Kaladin thinks about what his father told him about caring, and uh, they just, Sil and Kaladin just kind of talk about, um, like, surge binding and honor spren and how Zeth got his powers and, like, why an honor spren wouldn't give Zeth said powers. Yeah. Like, Sil gave Kaladin those powers and they just talk about like protecting and yeah. all this. And then Kaladin comes across Hobber. Wait. Who's. Can we read this dramatic reading? Yeah. So he finds another corpse. It's Hobber. Here it goes. Kaladin knelt before the corpse, rolled it over, and found it weeping. I, I'm sorry, Hobber said, overcome with emotion and barely able to speak. I'm sorry, Kaladin. Hobber, Kaladin said, you're alive? Then he noticed that the legs of Hobber's uniform had been sliced through at mid thigh. Beneath the fabric, Hobber's legs were darkened and gray, dead as Kaladin's arm had been. I didn't even see him, Hobber said. He cut me down, then stabbed Beld straight through. I listened to you fighting. I thought you all died. It's all right, Kaladin said. You're all right. I can't feel my legs, Hobber said. They're gone. I'm no soldier anymore, sir. I'm useless now. I... No, Kaladin said firmly. You're still Bridge Four. You're always Bridge Four. He forced himself to smile. We'll just have Rock teach you how to cook. How are you with stew? Awful, sir, Hobber said. I can burn broth. Then you'll fit right in with most military cooks. Come on, let's get you back to the others. Kaladin strained, getting his arms under Hobber, trying to lift him. His body would have none of it. He let out an involuntary groan, putting Hobber back down. It's all right, sir, Hobber said. No, Kaladin said, sucking in the light of one of the spheres in the lamp. It's not. He heaved again, lifting Hobber, and then carried him back towards the others. How sweet. It is very sweet. I feel so bad for Hobber. Also, I wondered if maybe it's possible for Kaladin to use his Stormlight to heal the others. Mm. I don't know if that's a thing that can be done, but that's, that's it'd be pretty to think cool. about, yeah. All right, that's the end of chapter 33. Here comes mine. We're going double time now because we still have so many chapters to do. Here it goes. Blossom and cake. Here is the term. Once got... Our gods were born splinters of a soul, of one who seeks to take control, destroy all lands that he beholds with spite. They are his spread, his gifts, his price. But the night form speaks of future life, a challenging, a challenged champion, a strife even he must requite. From Listener's Song of Secrets, final stanza. And this is a, um, a Shalon chapter. Final stanza. Final stanza. I don't know why it took me so long to say that. Uh, this is a Shalon chapter. She is in with Tin, and Tin is getting, like, a span read thing. Yeah. Talking about the fact that, like, um, 
like Shalon's high prince is probably dead, but maybe not. And then she gets some more, uh, some more things. And they says, uh, the men with you are indeed wanted men. And here's how much they're each worth. And it turns out Tin was going to try and turn in the people that Shalon promised to protect the, the abandoners for money. And Shalon like, is like, I refuse to do that. Um, and Tin is like, you have to do bad things if you want to do this job. And Shalon's like, I gave them my word. I refuse to do that. Good for Shalon. Good for Shalon. Um, and uh, then Tin is like, to prove a point about like these things don't matter, she dumps her red wine on the carpet to like say like, I can't take this with me. None of the crap that we have matters, including those people. And Shalon has a moment of panic because there's a red carpet once white. Yeah. And that panics Shalon for a second. Um, and, uh, then they get another, another, the spider keeps moving after Shalon refuses to turn them in. And it says, in regards to the mission, your mission, our benefactors have, uh, written to say that they are pleased. They do want to know if they recovered the information, but I think it's secondary to them. Essentially, Tin had hired and ran the operation to kill Yasna. Yeah. Not great. That was honestly the last thing I was expecting. What are the chances that Shalom would come across the person who is partly behind Yasna's death? I mean, yeah. Not very good. I mean, but it makes sense, though. She was near where the boat was going to supposed to come into no, landing. No, it does make sense. It's just yeah. it's crazy to me. It's also it's also bad news for Shalon. Yeah. And then the, the Banry doesn't stop. Shalon reaches for it to try and stop it, and Tin grabs her hand, and it says, Some interesting news. You asked after House Devar in Yakived. It looks like Yasna, before leaving Kabranth, took a new ward, a girl named Shalon. Red hair, pale skin. Nobody knows much about her. Didn't seem important news to our informants until I pried. And Tin immediately goes, oh, damnation. You tricked me? That's pretty good. And then Tin is like, now I have to kill you and I have to get Vatha in here and get him blamed. And I can't, I can't handle that. And she starts beating up Shalon, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and Shalon is panicking. And then, so, but w- before Tin could kill her, a voice behind sounded just like Yasna Kolin, uh, goes, um, uh, oh, where does it say that? Um, it says, hold on. It says, the ship, you may have noticed, has two very fine cabins, which I hired out for us at no small expense. Mm -hmm. That's what Pattern says in Yasna's voice. And she's like, she's like, what the heck? And then Shalon shoves out a little, like, a hologram of herself. Yeah. And Tin's like, Okay, I'm going mad. I'll deal with that later. And then continues to try and kill Shalon. Yeah. And uh, Shalon is panicking. And suddenly, before, like, she's Tin Tin goes, uh, I'm sorry you have to learn this lesson this way. Sometimes we must do things we don't like, kid. Difficult things. Shalon growled, thrusting her hand forward, mist twisted and writhed in her hand. Really quick. Yeah. Before we get there, I want to say there's a section here where uh, Shalon's trying to calm herself and she thinks 10 heartbeats. But for her, it didn't have to be 10, did it? That's all. Continue. A brilliantly silver blade formed there, spearing Tin through the chest. The woman, had, the woman barely had time to gasp in, spir- in surprise as her eyes burned out in her skull. Tin's corpse slid back off the weapon, collapsing in a heap. 
difficult things, Shalon growled. Yes, I believe I told you I've learned that lesson already. Thank you. Pom, pom, pom. So? So Shalon has a shard blade. I knew it. <laughs> the tent flap opened. And in comes Vatha and her men that she had hired because they heard a voice that sounded kind of like Shalon calling for help. Do you know who that was? Pattern. Pattern got them. Good job, Pattern. And they came in and uh, Shalon essentially says, don't tell anyone of this. And she goes stone cold serious. Yeah. She's even shocking herself how serious her voice is, how level her voice is. Yep. Um, and she... Yeah, and Shalon um, gets goes back over to the span read, who does, of course, doesn't know this has happened. And the span read says, um, "Your benefactors on the uh, job wish to meet with you. It seems that the ghost bloods have something else for you to do. Would you like to arrange a meeting with them in the war camps?" And Shalon goes, "Hmm," and twists the gem and writes, "Yes." Yep. And that's the end of part two. Dun dun dun. Okay, real quick. Yeah. I have a theory about how Shalon got her shard blade. Yeah. Okay. There's okay. I have two possible theories. Tell me. Okay. First one, she got it from her brother. She mm. killed her brother, or yeah. something happened, or her brother gave it up to, like something happened with her brother, and her brother gave it up. So either she either killed her brother for it, mm -hmm. or her brother gave it up to her. Okay. Okay. That's my first possible theory. Second theory, is that all of the now radiance get their own shard blades because we know Zeth has one. We don't know where it came from. So my thoughts are if you can inhale Stormlight, you get a shard blade with it. Well, like for some reason. Yeah, you have, guess, guess, if you're guessing that, guess a reason. Make a reason up. Okay. My reason is, well, we know the Radiance had shard blades. We don't know where they came from. Right. So for some reason, the you know, the Radiance had, had shard blades. I think the inhalation of Stormlight might actually be what creates a shard blade. Okay. And they can give them up once they're created, but I'm thinking that the um, those with Stormlight can create their own star blades, okay. and so that's how they got them. And Kaladin just hasn't figured out how to do it yet. Okay, mark that down, theory man. Those are my two two possible theories. Awesome. My thoughts. Now it's time for the interludes. It is time for the interludes. These are short, so let's fly through them. Go All ahead. All right, interlude number five. It's called the Rider of Storms. We are back with Ashonai. And it's uh, she's with her uh, people. There are now seven days until they're going to meet with Dalinar. They've arranged that, and it's going to be a thing that happens, which is really cool. And Ashonai is get, gets to go out into the storm and try to get storm form. And so sh she leaves uh, the people behind. They're going to go hide for the, the high storm. And she is, like, standing out. Like, she's, like, kind of, like, hiding. Or not necessarily hiding, but she's standing there watching the... Um, behind the shield. Yeah. She puts up. She's standing there watching the storm come. And she's attuning to resolve, and she's, you know, just thinking about her people and the different forms and how the forms, like, come. Because, like you said, they come, people have, the Parshendi have to go out into the storms to change form. And so, as Shona is standing there, the storm comes, and it hits her. And as she's in, like, the storm, all of the rhythms start to go to this, like, same beat. Every single rhythm that she attunes to in her mind is at the same, like, exact beat. And she sees the Storm Father, which um, I forget what they call the Rider of Storms is what the Parshendi call him. Yep. And basically, he, in their belief, he sided with the humans versus them, so he's a betrayer to the Parshendi. But he says, he says, you, is, want, you want me to do the voice? Yeah, sure. Is this what you really want? 
Oh, sorry. Is this really what you want? And she goes, what happens next? She it just she doesn't really say anything. She's kind of like, oh, he's speaking to me. But, but she then, smashes the gemstone. Well, the, the, she smashes the gemstone, and the spren comes out, and it's anger spren. And she's like, oh, no. This is wrong. This is bad. And the stormfather says, I suppose this must be. It was going to happen. No. No. This, uh, the red, the anger spren hits her in the chest. Yeah. I cannot stop this, the stormfather says. I would shelter you, little one, if I were given that power. I am sorry. I am sorry. And then her body starts to change. And that's the end of the chapter. Next chapter is Idolute 6 called Zahail. We get to see more from that before we do theories. So it's Zahail. Um, And it says someone was near. Not that he heard them or anything, just that someone was near, which is something interesting to note. Yeah. Um, Zahail awakes, snapping his eyes open. He knew someone was approaching his room. That's weird. Yep. It's the middle of the night, uh, and he's like, it's another light-eyed brat to turn away. And he walks over to his door and opens it before Kaladin manages to knock. And Kaladin says, um, is your is your uh, uh, offer to train me to fight against Starblade still available? And Zahel basically says, no, uh, because I'm tired right now and you came at a terrible time. Yeah, if you don't come, remember who Zahel is, he's the dude who trained Adolin and Renarin. Yeah, come later and maybe ask again, you know? Yep. And then uh, he says, here's his, here's a little thing that says, uh, Callan says, good, be, I'll be back. And Zahel says, good. And don't be green from the ground. And they don't know what that means. And he says, uh, stupid language, no proper metaphors at all. And then he says, um, uh, he gets in bed and he expected a voice to speak in his mind as he drifted off. Of course, there wasn't one. Hadn't been one in years. Strange. Pause. This is one where I'm not going to let you. I'm going to help you figure this one out. Oh, we know who this is. Do we? Yes. Is it? Oh my gosh! Is the hail one of like the old heralds? Because man is old, old. Uh, Sydney. Yes. We know who this is from two books ago. Not one book ago. Three books ago that we've read on this podcast. What? <laughs> Some people jump worlds, Sydney. Dude, that was a long time ago. Okay, well, think about this. <laughs> His metaphors—he's made a couple. They're all colors. Don't let the green from the. Don't be the green from the ground. Remember colors? Not really. From there was a lot of colors in Warbreaker. I know, but that's it's it's a Warbreaker. Obvi- that's showing Warbreaker. Yeah. Also, do you remember uh, life sense, Sydney? When you have multiple breaths, you can sense people being near you. That's true. Okay, so those two things. What's the voice in his head, do you think? If he's expecting to have a voice in his head but doesn't hear it, what would, where would the voice, like, what would be the voice in his head? Hold on, let me think. Oh, Nightblood. Okay. There we go. That's the voice in Who his held head. Nightblood? Who held Nightblood for a long time? I don't know if you remember the name. That was a long time ago. <laughs> you want me just to tell you? You're talking about, like, Vasher? See, my friend. That's funny. Yeah, so this man is likely, I don't know for sure, but everything points to this man being Vasher. That's funny. Because he has life sense. He can sense people being near him. He expects voices in the head. He makes uh, references to colors. So he's not been confirmed Vasher in yeah. any of the books, but I've, I've kind of made the connection that he's Vasher. Okay. I, I just want you to make that connection That's too. Interesting. Yep, anyway. Okay, whatever. Don't uh, say whatever. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it is cool. Um, interlude 7, Talon. Um, so... 
We are with uh, the dude we haven't seen in a hot minute. Crazy man. Crazy man who came back at the end of the last book uh, and appeared the uh, Herald who was stuck in the whatever it's called. Hell. The awful, terrible torture place. Hell, essentially. And he's thinking about how terrible like life is and all the torture. And he's basically crazy. And he keeps and, repeating like his his I've returned a warrior's coming phrases. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm here to train you. My name is, uh, he says, my name is Tunnelalalin, Herald of War. Um, but they don't understand him because he's speaking a very old form of Alethi. And under his breath, too. Yeah. And so they just, they don't understand him. Um, it's uh, one of the, like, guard men something. His name is Borden. Yeah. And th- they found yeah. him with Wit, but then Wit ran off again. Wit was so. a butthole to the to the guy Darn. and then ran off. I would have liked Hoy to be back, but they're with Elikar, and da- I believe Dalinar is also there. Yeah. And they're talk- trying to talk to this man and figure out where he got a shard blade, because he's got a shard blade with him. And they're trying to figure out, because he's a dark eye man, and they're just trying to figure this out. And Taln is just, like, thinking about all like these things he's trying to explain to them what needs to happen and he's trying to talk to them and they don't understand him and they think he's crazy and he's slightly crazy because he's thinking about being tortured a lot and yeah. all these terrible things that he went through and um they're trying to figure out Elicar and Dalinar are trying to figure out what they're going to do with his shard blade and he because he's dark eyed yeah because he's dark eyed and Talon is just thinking about I've got to help them I've got to help them I've got to you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. And then he says, I think I think I am late this time. And then he thinks multiple times over. He says, how long had it been? How long had it been? How long had it been? And the chapter ends with the sentence, too long. And that's the chapter. That gives me goosebumps. Very interesting. Dude, crazy man, Shardblade, he's a herald. We know he's a herald. Yes. And he has come back to help. Like, he comes and he's like, I'm here to help you. They can teach you how to cast bronze if you've forgotten. We can help. We can help. I think I'm too late. Oh, no. And, it, like, it's so cool of him that the only thing he's thinking about is trying to help the people survive what's coming. Yeah. Because he because he broke something he thinks is coming. Anyway. It's interesting. Interlude 8, form of power. Ashonai comes back to the village, and she is in uh, uh, storm form. Yep. And she's like... I'm so powerful. I can just jump this chasm without a run-up. I'm so powerful. Yeah. This is going to be great. Um, and she says, uh, I bring with me a future of two peoples. Our time of loss is at an end. And they're all cheering and they're excited. And her eyes are red. And she says, they're a rep- representation of what I've become. And they're concerned because it says, but in the songs. And as Shonai rev- pushes them off. Yeah. And she is so excited. Uh I'm powerful. I'm angry. I can do this. I can destroy them, you know. And the chapter ends with, she pointedly ignored the voice deep within her that was screaming in horror. Yeah. So they've done something. Yeah. Not great. I think that someone done goofed in the storm form wasn't supposed to be like an anger spren. Or maybe it was. I don't know. But I think that she didn't become storm form. I think she became like anger form or something. Something. Something that's not quite right. <laughs> Something's not quite right around here. Not quite right around here. All right, part three. Part three. How are we done with two parts already? I know, right? Okay, part three. It's called Deadly. And we have Shalon, Kaladin, Adolin, and Navani in this. So yep. that's fun. There's a little drawing on the side of what's about to happen here, actually. And this is the most funny title to me. What's this title? The title is so long. It's chapter 35. The multiplied strain of simul... Oops, sorry. It's split into two words. I had to... Or two sentences. I had to... You had to do a little, a little brain the, math. Yeah. The multiplied strain of 
Simultaneous Infusion, which is a wild title. Yeah. And I'll read the book bit. It's a book bit. Once again, it's a book bit. Never gonna forget because it's a book bit. Hey, say, hey. The book bit says, they also, when they had, they also, when they had, (laughs) is a weird start to a sentence. Yeah. They also, when they had settled their rulings in the nature of each bond's placement, called the name of called the name of it the Nahel Bond with regard to its effect upon the souls of those caught in its grip. In this description, each was related to the bonds that drive Roshar itself. Ten surges named in turn and two for each other. In this light, it can be seen that each order would be necessity would by necessity share one surge with each of its neighbors. Yep. That whole sentence hurt my brain. <laughs> Okay. It's, what's it from, though? It's from the Words of Radiance, chapters 8, page 6. It is, in fact, from the Words of Radiance. You know, if I said if I saw that quote somewhere, I could say that's from Words of Radiance. Yeah, and it would be correct. <laughs> so uh, we're sure with that. Adolin. Adolin uh, threw, is trying to throw his shard blade, and it's not working very well. He's mastered a long, long time ago being able to throw his shard blade and it not dissolve the moment it leaves his hand. Yeah, But he, he keeps throwing it, it, and it keeps dissolving. Because he's got so much on his mind that he's not able to focus. He's in plate. He's refusing to walk around without plate mm-hmm. because he's so worried about what happened. He's so worried about being caught again without plate like he was with Zeth before. Yep. And he's thinking about things that Renarin has said. He's thinking about Kaladin and, you know, what happened. He's thinking about, like, the Parshendi. And he's just he's thinking about a lot. But he does eventually manage to focus and get his shard blade to land where, it's go- where he's throwing it at without dissolving. Yes. And then he tells his bodyguards, all right, time to leave. And they start to head off, and they come across um, some soul casters. And uh, Adolin is like, why are they out here right now? And so he goes over to talk to them, and he talks to a man named Kadash. 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 It's right. a fun word. Hello, my name is Kadash. And Adolin, Sounds like a bird vomiting. Kadash. How many birds vomiting have you heard? Oh, quite a few. What? How many birds vomiting have you heard? <laughs> Um, none. <laughs> give me a number. Uh, zero. Oh, you already gave me that number. Okay. Yeah, Sweet. I know. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> none and zero are the same numbers. One in, n- none and zero are the same. That's a good point. <laughs> Come on, I buddy. I should have thought of that. You're right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, or Adolin, sorry, is watching Kadash, uh, watch Kadash. the, watch the, uh, soul caster, soul cast into stone, stuff into stone, stone, gosh, and apparently the soul casters are they've soul casted so much that their bodies are like not human anymore. They're like and are like mor- stone-ish. Starting to morph into what they cast. Yeah. It's a little bizarre. But um and then Adolin asks Kadash about the radiance and what happened with them and what they could do. And Kadash is like Kadash. Oh, I don't what a name. I don't really I love Kadash. I don't really know. He claims he doesn't know, but and then Adolin tells Kadash about the assassin in white returning. And Adolin's like, I need you to tell me why this man could walk on the walls. Mm-hmm. I need you to find out, okay? Look into it and let me know. And uh, Kadash agrees and is like, oh, gosh, what if they're back? Like, he's worried about it. Chapter skips forward, and now we're with Navani, which mm-hmm. is fun. I like Navani. She is thinking about how she loves war camps because <laughs> they're very organized, which she's a big fan of. She likes the organized, neat things. Yep. But uh, she's... They're, she's trying to test a new uh, Fabriol that she's kind of helped design. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we meet a lady named Rushu, who is one of the artists who is just does not pay a lick of attention. Kind of a ever. goof, but I like her. I, I like I her like a lot, Rushu. but she does not pay a lick of attention ever. Rushu is what we call a goof, and I like I yeah. like goofs. Um, but Navani is trying to distract herself from what happened with the assassin. 
because she's worried about Dalinar because she's worried that the same thing is going to happen to Dalinar and she doesn't know if she can handle that. Who she is pointedly is not worried about, though, is... What? She refuses to be worried about Yasna and not oh, showing up. yes, yeah. Because yep. she's basically like, Yasna does this, she'll be okay. She's not going to be okay. I hate to break it to you, Navani. <laughs> Your daughter is done. Dead. I like that you have, you've just accepted her death, though. Should I not have? I don't know. You're you're full. No, I mean like you've worked through it. You're oh. no longer sad or upset about it. At <laughs> oh all. no, I'm still I'm still sad about it. <laughs> I am deep down, but at this point, I mean, we're how far through this book already? Yeah, she died in the first like two chapters. She died. She died episode two. She died pretty quick, and we're like pretty far through now. So I've had other things to think about. I've had, that's fair enough. <laughs> Navani has not had that yet, but um, basically they're testing this Fabriol that can kind of just make things float, like. Hmm. They, I don't. I don't really know how to explain how it works. So make sure you read it because I'm not gonna do this justice on how explaining on how it works because I don't fully understand it. It's it's basically it's like a she a giant span read. Yeah, but they're backwards but, instead but, of forwards. Yeah, and they flow. It's a weird concept, and they've tried it before and it didn't work. So they've tested it now to like they've you know revamped it and tried to make it better. Yep. And Hadelin shows up and Navani's like, "Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here?" They're talking about uh, the Fabrioles, and Navani has to explain it in more, like, less, Layman's like, more simplified simplified words, because Adolin doesn't understand what uh, her scholarly words. Yeah. And so uh, they finally start to test it, and it actually works. Like, mm-hmm. they managed to get this piece of, like, platform to just float without anything touching it, without right. any kind of support, which is really, really cool. It is cool. I and agree. And Adolin's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. This is great. We can use this in, in battle. This will be a great advantage. And Navani's like, uh-huh. Yep, that's why I did yep, it. Yep, that's that's exactly why I did this. Good job. Good, You pieced it together. <laughs> good, good job, smart boy. You pieced that right together, didn't you, huh? Yeah. And so they start to, they head out because now they have a meeting that they have to go to. And Aelin's here to escort Navani to the meeting. And um, they talk about the codes and, like, you know, the fact that Navani and Dalinar are breaking them, kind of. Not the code specifically, but a tradition kind of similar to the codes. Very similar. And Adolin's like, how come you guys can do that, but we can't break the codes? And Navani says, don't sulk. Don't sulk, dear. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> and she says, you're free from the casual for now, as Yasna has apparently decided to go gallivant off someplace. Yeah. I won't have the chance to marry you off quite yet, at least not until she re- reappears. And she's thinking about the fact that it could be it could be tomorrow or it could be months from now. Or it could be never. You, she doesn't think that, I like but that I you, think that. I like that you just, uh, you're so excited for her to learn about her daughter's oh, death. I am not excited at all. I feel awful for her, but I know it's coming. Yeah, it's fair enough. We know it's coming. It's coming. So does the, the storm. The storm comes. A new storm comes. A new storm does come. But, um, yeah, that's... Where the chapter ends. Yeah, that's a it. pretty a pretty low stakes chapter after all the crap that's been happening. Well, it's a new start to a new uh, section. So. Yeah, so they have to they have to revamp the the like energy gr- growth. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Is there any theories you have that you want to make? Uh, what was the theory you I had? Oh yeah, yeah, the theory about the theory about the store the thing is what you wanted me to tell you to remember. So you got that one. The theory about the blades. Oh yeah, about oh, all righty. Thank you. Uh, uh, I said thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. At this point, we still got a few minutes left, but thank you. Just like a now, thank you, uh, Cindy. Now it's time. Do you think you ready? I am ready. Now it's time to rank the characters. Woo! Okay, let's hit that note. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, what happened? Who we see this week, Sydney? Well, we saw Adolin, Ishonai, Giacomo, Vernaran, Dalinar, Shalon, Jushu Devar, which is Dalinar's brother, Kaladin, Makob, Tin, Vatha, Sadius, Amram, Eraniv, Hatham, uh, Yali, Gaz, Pattern, Nas. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Pit, Rock, Sigzil, Beld, Eth, Haber, Elokar, Navani, Mart, Mo- Moash, Ralinar, the Stormfather, Sil, Zeth, and Red. Thud, Zahel, Tain, Borden, Venli, Kadash, Matain, and Rushub. Half of those names, I couldn't even tell you. It was so longest week ever so far, but that's because we had all the interludes, and interludes always just introduce a, a million new names. Yeah. Um. So the ranking, Kaladin, he's the coolest. Dalinar, Kadashar, Blade, Shalon, killed a dude, kind of weird, but... Still, still a woman, actually, not a dude. Still Shalon. Navani, super sweet. Still Frenna, she's still. Adolin, kind of cool. Pattern, uh, Pattern's just kind of a funny guy. I don't, I, I like Pattern. Uh, Renarin, weird, suspicious. Yeah, surprisingly likable. Ishonai, uh, before she became a weird, like, murder machine, kind of likable. Yeah. Uh, Vatha, cool guy. Zeth, murderer, kind of cool. Then we're just going to go through the rest of them that just kind of were around. Rock, Stormfather, Sigzil, Haber, Elokar, Eth, Moash, Z- uh, Nas, Pit, Zahail, Talon, uh, Borden, Venli, Kadash, Maiten, Rushu, Mart, Ralinor, Red, Thud, Yakimov. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Yakimov. Makab, Araniv, uh, Jushu, and Hatham are all the in live here. Wish You Were Dead, of course. Amaram, Iali, and Sadius. We hate them. Then in the actual dead tier, we have Beld and Tin this week. But still keeping up our tradition of at least having one character die every week so far. Yeah, seriously. Read last week's top five. Last week's top five was Shalon, Kaladin, Dalinar, Pattern, and Gaz. And last week's bottom five was Vathal, Tavlakov, uh, Father Devar, Imram, and Sadius. This week, Kaladin has jumped his way up to first, followed by Dalinar. Shalon went down to, to third. Then Navani made it on the list again. Love her. And then P- Patterns is at five. Bottom five, Iali has made the list once again. She's kind of terrible. Tin made the list because she's extremely terrible. She killed Yasna. She killed Yasna. Father Devar stays in third because we hate him. Amaram is in second because, you know, he's Amaram. And our least favorite character of all is Sadius because he's Sadius. Because he is, by far, the worst character in these two books that we have read so far. Yes, sir. And if he somehow becomes the least worst, by the time I get to book five, I will be... Loki, very sad. <laughs> it's kind of like a kind of like a, a gas moment where he made it on once just because of his aw- awesome redemption arc. Yeah. Thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode. We're gonna get out of here. We've been in here forever. Um, we really appreciate you being here. Follow us on Instagram. It's the Fantasy Book Club podcast. Uh, it sure is. Go check it out. Leave a comment. Yeah, we love Woo-woo. that. Track our track our correctness and wrongness. Um, you know, uh, tell Sydney you're so happy she's here on the show. Uh, tell Colton you love him Oh, I, <laughs> I tell them every week so they just need to remind me uh, <laughs> next week what are they reading next week you're reading chapter you're readings chapter, your readings chapter. <laughs> 36, 37, 38, 39 40, 41, 42 and 43 so 36 through 43 or Sydney will cut you through the leg and make you so you can't feel your legs ever again and <laughs> you can't use them but up but up but um, but up but up Thank you to Alezia, that's A-L-E-Z-E-I-A, on uh, on Spotify. Spotify. Allowing us to use his intro and outro as the intro, or his music as the intro and outro to our program. His intro and outro as our music. <laughs> My name is Colton Pratt. And I am Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Wow.
the show's over. <laughs>